ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the EBC uh, Theater, also known as the Tuba Swan Save the Music Theater Theater. Yeah, I, 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 you know, over the break, while um, we uh, had, like, uh, I don't know, what, three months here, where um, we basically uh, weren't doing anything with this, I, in those three months, I was doing a massive overhaul of the back end of the stream. All of the stuff that I do through OBS to do these productions um i just completely overhauled so everything is broken still and most of it's in place but i'm just like scrambling to find stuff all over you know and it's just it's just a mess so let's start over with some gusto welcome to the arcade nostalgia memories podcast season two oh my god <laughs> season two they renewed us for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. NBC is like, yeah, I, I, I guess we'll pick up that shit again or something. Uh, hashtag not sponsored by CBS. Anyway, <laughs> what's happening? Are we having fun? Are are you um are you pretending like you're having fun, or you're like Cage and you just have fries growing out of your skull? I wish and, I had uh, fries growing out of my head. <laughs> <laughs> you just be like, I'm hungry. Point. Take it out. Of, you know. I know, right? That'd be dangerous. I very, like. very yeah. dangerous. Yeah, especially if you love spuds like I do, and I can't have them on the diet, so it's it's a no no. So, Cage, I'm just going to say no to your head like crack cocaine. That's it. Fair. Fair. <laughs> All right. So, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on this fine Sunday afternoon. Uh, season two of the Arcade Nostalgia Memories podcast. Um, last season, uh, we looked at a lot of different people, uh, gamers in our community that were all presenting their favorite games. And we're going to continue that trend. Although uh, for season two, I think we're, we're definitely going to mix it up. Like I know for October and uh, we're only doing 10 episodes this season. Um, so it'll be. Uh, roughly once a month between now and May of 2023 uh, for our second episode in October. Uh, we're actually going to have a horror game genre roundtable. So we're going to have several people on and we're all just going to be discussing the entire horror game genre and all of the things that come with that. Um, so that I don't know exactly. It's sometime in October. Just to check the schedule on ebc2021.com and you can't go wrong. Although I often go wrong with that anyway. You know, like one of these days uh, I might actually fix the schedule too. But uh, hmm. lots of stuff going on. And uh, we're going to cover more of that uh, when we uh, finish up the podcast here. But in the meantime, uh, we're going to go on over to this. Uh, and Short and Sweet is going to be presenting a uh, fantastic game from her childhood called Dark Chambers. More specifically, Dark Chambers for the Atari 2600. Um, so this is going to be uh, the first game that we've considered now uh, in, in this entire series that is uh, from that specific era and from that specific uh, genre of, I think that's 8-bit, right? Or uh, 
because 16-bit was NES, right? No, uh, NES was 8-bit. The Atari 2600 was also 8-bit, I believe. Okay. But I, yeah, when I say that, I'm, I'm talking more specifically about the type of graphics that Atari is more well-known for. Like, probably mm -hmm. everybody that knows Atari knows Pong. And we know how ungraphically challenged Pong is. Um, but, you know, to, to say that it wasn't a huge influencer on, on this entire universe of video games and gaming is is not correct at all. So games like this, even though they weren't necessarily um, rich in graphic quality, I think they made up for a lot in providing the foundation for everything that came after and this did come out in uh, 1989 so that's that's two years after the first game we looked at at the beginning of last season which was doom with um black tiger and that was an arcade game and you could see the difference in in the um graphics between those two things and and see that you know, obviously there's there's a bit of a gap. So maybe Atari wasn't necessarily putting anything out at the time that was uh, comparable or they they were still trying to put out new things for their older console that, you know, they, they wanted to sell more games for the consoles that were already out there. And I got to imagine there's probably some kind of uh, gap between what was available on home console and what they were putting out in arcades with the cabinets and all that, trying to, you know, produce quarter eaters. Mm -hmm. So when you, when you think about it in terms of like graphic wise between arcade units and home units, even though you look at the Atari 2600 and what it's capable of, compare it to the NES and what it was capable of, the NES still was, you know, garbage compared to arcade look at compare uh comparing like uh pac-man in nes or uh you know uh trog on the nes trog is a favorite uh, arcade game with me and short and sweets um the nes version is very awful compared to the arcade version and i think it's because you know you you put what let's just say five thousand dollars into it making an arcade unit versus the you know 50 60 dollar right. cartridge and that five thousand dollar arcade unit is going to pay you back in dividends over time right because people are pumping in the quarters right so yeah exactly all right um so i'm going to hold on let me stop 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 okay there we go <laughs> Um, so we were unfortunately, uh, not able to capture any audio for this, uh, playthrough that we're going to watch. So I'm going to just have some, some of my, my personal favorite, uh, nice, cool, dark synthwave playing around in the background while we discuss this and watch a playthrough. I mean, not much audio. It's just like, yeah, that's what he was saying is that you, there, there's no audio except for when you actually fire the gun. Um, but, uh. uh if you collect, like when you collect something, there's like a little chime, but yeah, it's very, it's very simplistic. There's yeah. no background music throughout. Okay. 
All right, uh, so we're going to get started with the playthrough in just a minute, but uh, first we're going to take a real short, quick commercial break and be right back after this. So stay tuned. Okay, welcome back here. Hold on, i got to get this thing set here. Yeah. They're breaking stuff. Somewhere around there. No, it's a lack of preparation, so I'm fixing all the shit while we're in the middle of this, you know. <clears throat> so it's just a regular stream at that point. Okay, got yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, there's only so much that you can prepare for. Let me put this right about there. That's good. All right, so uh, Dark Chambers, and I'm going to go ahead and start our playthrough here. 1988 for the Atari. See, now my thing says released April 1989, so already we got some discrepancy here. Well, and, and I was going to cover that kind of in my little piece, my little spiel here, but yeah, like I saw I saw different dates as far as, and I couldn't get a definitive like actual day of, the, of release. It seems like so. there's uh, quite a few games from the 80s where they don't have listed anywhere mm -hmm. on moby games on uh any any type of thing where you're supposed to be able to purchase the games or amazon or um wikipedia that actually have exact dates and things like that i noticed that quite a bit with some of the games from the 80s is they just give maybe a month <laughs> you know mm -hmm. all right so cage what did you find if anything well, um, so yeah, I even wrote this nice little thing, a little paragraph, since I didn't have like regular notes, you know, normally I would cover what happened on that day, you know, and, and then talk about like reviews and sales numbers. This game, I couldn't find anything like that. And I think it has to do with kind of like the background of the game. So like normally I'd say something along the lines, let me take you back to blank. Um, but since I couldn't find anything, uh, like I did a little bit of digging. It's po uh, possible that there was no like specific release date recorded because this game is actually a rework of a game from 1983 called Dandy. Dandy, a play on D&D, &D, was written by John Palovich, I think is how it's pronounced, uh, when he was an undergrad at MIT as his thesis as a means to be able to run D&D campaigns on his computer. Uh, with the original vision of the game linking five Atari 8-bit computers, four players, and one Dungeon Master. Um, that never came to fruition, uh, but Dandy uh, ended up coming out about, came about as a result of his work and was actually submitted to something known as the Atari Program Exchange, or APX which allowed programmers to mail in submissions to Atari who had published the game uh, and where Palevich would retain the rights and got royalties for sales. Now, um, where does Dark Chambers come into that? In 1988, Atari developers sculpted or sculptured software, took and completely reworked Palevich's dandy into what we now see as Dark Chambers. Uh, Palovich was given credit for the design of Dark Chambers in the instruction manuals, uh, like as a copyright uh, credit, um, despite not being involved with that project at all. 
the reason why I talk about that being important is because in 1985, Atari developer Ed Log released arcade legendary game Gauntlet, which was also very heavily inspired or ripped, depending on who you ask. Uh, with the very obvious similarities, Palevich sued Log over Gauntlet, but they reportedly settled outside of court over the suit. Um, rumor has it that Palevich actually received a Gauntlet arcade unit as part of that settlement. Interesting. And yeah, so when you were saying that, I was starting to look this up here with Dandy and Dark Chambers and Gauntlet. Um, now, all I can see here is that we've got four releases. One for Atari 2600, one for 7800, one for 8-bit. And those were all in 1989, April or May of 1989. And then just recently, January 26, 2021, for Plex Arcade published by Atari Interactive, and that was worldwide. And it was the Atari 7800 version that they basically emulated and put out there again. Mm -hmm. And it, it, it reminds me that there was a lot of games that were released or re-released in a different format during COVID. And I think... Um, I, at least that to me that speaks of the game developers realizing people are going to be stuck at homes so they're going to be playing games and yeah i mean how many other you know more major game developers did you have releasing specific games during that time you know we covered a lot of that in in the last season with our games in review 2020 and 2021 but i find that interesting that they they went back in a game like this dark chambers were, was re-released on a different platform in 2021 and that's it mm -hmm. that's all that's all the ports that they had yeah um and funny thing about this because a lot of people a lot of people know um of the atari 2600 i think most gamers if you say atari to them they're thinking of the 2600 um a lot of people like in my even myself until i started dating short and sweet i did not know that there was a 5200 or a 7800. I knew there were various other like actual like computers, um, but never like anything beyond the Atari 2600 console. This game, to my research, uh, which obviously there's not a lot available for, this game was released on uh, the three Atari units: the 2600, the 20 or 7800, and then the uh, the computer one. They were all released at the same day, uh, and the Atari 2600 and the two generations of console later, like getting the same release, is kind of weird. You know what I mean? That would never happen in this day and age. Hmm. Like the closest we've gotten to this to that kind of thing in this day and age would be the fact that Grand Theft Auto V has now gone through three different generations of. Uh, consoles but it's not because they are you know releasing it day and day it's just because well they realize they can make money so <laughs> right. they just keep moving it on right okay um 
So yeah, it seems like there's there's quite a few things that are, are a little bit odd about the presentation of this game, how it came out. Uh, and, and I know for a fact I've come across quite a few things that it seems like Atari was doing everything they possibly could to just survive or just make uh, money off of what they were putting out and not necessarily very scruple not not uh on the up and up like there's there's some weird things about there you know how they operated sometimes and some stories about how maybe there was some stolen property from other developers or things like that and atari was not necessarily the best company around yeah. um well that's atari themselves caused the video game crash of uh, that's right wasn't it they they kind of oversaturated everything just trying to grab every buck they could yeah because they, they were literally releasing like and i think that's why um and don't quote me on this i think that's why nintendo like if you remember all the nes cartridges they all had the nintendo seal of approval hmm. that was nintendo trying to combat the idea because atari was just releasing anything and everything I mean, there are multiple games out there, and there are good games that were published by three, four different developers on the Atari. Like, you'll find slightly different cartridges, whether it's a, you know, just a different label, a different logo, different cartridge. Like, there's all those kind of things that you'll find with Atari uh, in the 2600 era. Okay. So a lot of a lot of companies out there that were just kind of like rough shot ramming these things through just to make a buck. Okay, um, so let's uh, switch gears now and uh, short and sweet. This is your favorite game, I'm assuming, from your childhood. Um, this is the one I have the most like memories attached to. Okay, from my childhood, I wouldn't. I would. I would say it is one of my favorites from back then. Uh, but this is definitely the one I have the most um, nostalgia and, and like stuff attached to. Okay. Um, so why don't you take some time now and walk us through the gameplay? Because I think we've established it's a dungeon crawler for lack of a better term. I mean, essentially, mm -hmm. you're, you're, you're in this maze-like dungeon and you're you're going through and killing enemies and i'm assuming searching for a few things so why don't you walk us through the whole gameplay aspect of it yeah so there's uh there's three different modes to the game it's basically like an easy a moderate and a hard mode um and then there are different enemies uh within those modes so i just did this one on easy because i literally haven't played this since i was a kid um and what you're doing is you're going through, you're looking for treasure, killing the enemies, uh, picking up like power-ups and uh, shields along the way, and then trying to find the door to the next level. There's 26 levels, A through Z, um, and then there's also those uh, things that hurt, like the, the health bags with the X, that's a poison, so that hurts you. Um, if you get hit, obviously you're going to lose health. Down at the bottom is your health meter, and then... The little dots on the left are your uh, weapon power-ups, so it, it'll just like take less um, hits to kill them. 
And um, I think you see all of the enemies in this except for the wizard, uh, which is um, I think only in the hard mode. Uh, and it's it's really hard to see because it's it's a black wizard on a black background. So if your contrast isn't right, you're gonna have a lot of trouble with it. Um, <laughs> and the game likes to troll you. Like there, are, you'll see at the end of this playthrough that there are, you know, this, these mazes are not just, they start very simplistic and they get pretty complicated. And the game does things to purposely make you uh, lose health or to make you be stuck. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Go ahead, Cage. I was going to say, so, like, obviously to get her set up for this, I had to, we had to figure out an Atari, Atari emulator. And, you know, I I, had, I messed around with it a little bit just to make sure everything seemed to work. I, I like the fact that you'll shoot a skeleton and then it becomes a full-blown, like, person. Like... <laughs> That, that just seems weird to me. Wouldn't it become the person become the skeleton and chase you around? But well, but. if if you get to the part where there's a ghost, the ghost becomes a skeleton and the skeleton becomes a man. And if you get to levels with a wizard, the wizard becomes a ghost, becomes a skeleton, becomes a man. So so what you're doing is you're torturing you're torturing these poor souls by bringing them back to life. Yeah. Once they're already, once they're already dead and relieved of this mortal coil, and then you are bringing them, them back to life. It's 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 not a gun. It's it's a uh, it's a weapon to restore life to your enemies so that you can right. kill them all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's do this. Uh, Dark Chambers. Uh, this is the description I'm reading off of Moby Games. Dark Chambers is an arcade action game similar to Gauntlet. Uh, you're an explorer in an underground maze. Your goal is to survive the 26 different levels, which you mentioned, and collect as many of the hidden treasures as you can. Hidden somewhere in each of the levels is an exit, which will take you on to the next level. Trying to stop you from completing your quest are a wide variety of creatures, including zombies, wraiths, skeletons, wizards, and the Grim Reaper. Is that the final boss? The Grim Reaper? Um... I don't recall. Maybe that's what I'm assuming the wizard is. But then you said there's wizards. Yeah, unless there's so, like a separate subset of wizards, maybe. And the last one is the yeah, Grim Reaper. I, I only remember those four. Okay. Uh, like I said, I haven't played it since since childhood. So maybe in those higher levels, there's an extra enemy I'm not. Because I, I don't believe there's a final, like, there's not a final boss level. It's you find... You're in level Z, and you find the door, and that's oh, the that's end of the it. game. Okay. Like, well, not really the end of the game, but um, it. if you're in easy mode and you get to Z, go through the door, then it takes you into medium. And you go through Z, go through the door, and takes you to hard mode. Okay, so really you're going through <laughs> all 26 levels three times. Right, for the, for the entire, and that's that's it. Okay. It just repeats. So, so now you're on the third uh, hardest level uh, Z and you go through the door and what happens? It starts over. From easy? Uh, I don't actually remember. Okay. Um, I just wondered. I, I know that my, so my grandfather and I uh, sat down and we decided we were going to play through this whole entire game. There's a two player mode. Um, 
we decided we're going to play through this game. We're going to beat this game. And um, I don't remember what happened. I remember feeling disappointed <laughs> at the end of it because I think it just starts it starts over from uh, hard mode. In uh, And hard mode starts in level, like, J. It doesn't start in A. You start far way through. Um, oh, okay, I see. Yeah, it, it was really strange. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just remember sitting there going, oh, well, that's it? <laughs> okay. Well, that, <laughs> and then we gave up. <laughs> well, that almost seems like um, I was watching a video on a man who uh, created an AI that is nothing, does nothing but play Tetris. And the AI, the way it's designed, it, it, it doesn't lose. So it just keep, it keeps on going, uh, with the, uh, speed, uh, increases until the speed doesn't increase anymore and the computer can keep up with it. So it just keeps on going through levels and levels and levels. And it, like this video he showed was like maybe, I don't know, 30 or 40 minutes long. And, and he's, you know, he's got it sped up, the video itself. So we're talking about like three or four hours that the computer's playing a, t uh, a Tetris. And it just keeps on going. And then the colors start getting really weird. And he starts, you know, and he gives a rundown of everything it goes to until the game breaks. And it gets yes. to a point where you just can't actually play it anymore because it it just can't handle the fact that you're at such a high level and and it continues so i thought that was interesting and maybe it's uh, along the same lines here depending it on it could be uh there's a lot of atari games that are like that there is one that i used to play called food fight uh same kind of idea it just goes up in levels until it gets to a point where the programming basically just runs out and you start seeing all these weird glitches and right. then it'll just it'll just be done because um they never expected anyone to sit there, I think, for hours and hours and hours and play the game. <laughs> oh, oh, little, oh, little did they know yes. how much time, <laughs> you know, we, kids could waste on this stuff. All right. Well, that, sure. that, that's rather interesting, you know, that they, mm -hmm. they set it up that way. So essentially, at the very least, you're going to get more gameplay out of this than just running through the levels. You, you do that and then they either start you over or, you know, keep on looping back to a specific spot. So um, mm -hmm. your gameplay experience can continue at the very okay. least. Um, all right. So um, yeah, let me let me continue with this. Um, each of the creatures in the game has different strength. When you shoot a creature, it transforms into the next weaker creature. So apparently what they're saying is that the, the normal human is the weakest thing that you can kill. <laughs> you you go from a wizard to ghost to skeleton to human, and then the human just dies or winks out of existence. Uh, eventually a creature will become the weakest one. Uh, oh, uh, okay. So it's not a man. It's a zombie. That's what it is. So you shoot the skeleton, it becomes a zombie. And that's the weakest form, and then you can destroy it. Um, I know it looks like an elf to me, but I guess if they're saying it's a zombie, it's a zombie. Yeah. Oh, no, it kind of, kind of looks like Luigi to me. <laughs> yeah. 
This is this is what Luigi did before uh, with work before he teamed up with Mario. Yeah, uh, you know, he was he was just uh, walking around in this dungeon and Mario found him and is like, hey, brother, I need some help of fixing these pipes. You know. <laughs> All right. Uh, in addition to the creatures and the treasures, other items can be found in the maze or keys to open doors, potions to restore health, poison that drains your health, uh, guns that increase your firing rate, traps, shields and bombs. And so, um, is it easily recognizable that you can differentiate between something that's going to positively impact you, like a potion to restore health or a poison to drain health? Oh, yeah. I mean, the only difference between them is it's just a little, like, I, I think it's supposed to be like a bag of blood, um, and it has an X on it. So, you know, that's poison. And oh, okay. not, um, the... The gun is, it just looks like an 8-bit gun. Uh, shield looks the same way. They're very recognizable. The one thing that is weird about the the bombs, it is very touchy. I remember not being able to control when the bomb goes off as a kid. Um, so they're right there. Is I picked up a bomb. And if you hold that button down when you're firing at enemies, just a tad too long, the bomb's going to go off. So I always struggled with that, uh, just not knowing why that was happening. <laughs> and as I was playing through it, it was like, oh, okay. So you have to just like very lightly tap that button as you're shooting the enemies if you have a bomb, because if not, it's going to go off. Now, you, you said you played this on an emulator uh, when, when you were playing this as a child. Uh, was it just the standard joystick with the one red button? Yes. Okay. See, now I, I was, you know, uh, I had gotten this uh, per Atari purchase uh, last year or earlier this year, and I was able to get the original controllers. And I'm, um, it, it, it was too old for me to remember, so I didn't recognize what it was. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I, I looked at that and I'm like, boy, this is really fucking simplistic, you know? Yeah. And I got to imagine it's it's maybe even harder to control with an original controller. Well, back in that right. time, my we had actually got, I don't know if it was with the original purchase that we did of this all, but we had kind of an upgraded Atari controller where it had, su it had suction cups on the bottom. Mm -hmm. So you could set it on the table and just, and it was, uh, it had like finger grips so you could hold it and the button was on the top. So it was like oh. an upgraded, I had an upgraded uh, Fancy. controller for this. <laughs> nice. It made it a lot easier. Um, now, one of the things that really irks me about a lot of um, platformers, and I, I don't have a lot of experience on it, but like the, most of the platformers I have played are like Mario 1, Mario 3, Super Mario World, some of these things is... is uh, I, and I, I also don't know if this is indicative of just NES, but uh, the way that enemies respawn. So, like, for instance, you'll be in a certain area, go to another area, and you go back to the first area, and all of the enemies there have respawned. Does that happen in this game? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you kill them, and then you leave the area, and you come back in, um, 
everything will be reset, including the skulls that produce more enemies, unless there was an item underneath that you pick up. That's the only thing that if you okay. kill it and you get that item, it will not come back. But if you don't pick that item up, say it's a gun and you already have the gun, then that will respawn back into the skull, producing more enemies. Yeah. And another thing about that is when you come, it was like a thing. If you come into a room, stand still, because a lot of times the enemies will spawn right in front of you and you need to be ready to fire right away. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you, you literally have to go in and just stop in order yeah. to not run into something. Exactly. Um, now that that differs from say Legend of Zelda 1 for the NES, right? Because mm -hmm. you can clear an area and when you go back there's no more enemies there, right? Yeah, it only changes they if you like time. go into a dungeon and then come back out. I think I think it's more of a timer, like there's a certain amount of time that they'll be gone and then if you come back, you know, say 10 15 minutes later then they'll be back. Oh, okay. But this or, one, they're or, back immediately. <laughs> or maybe you you get, you know, so many screens away from that screen, you go back and then it repopulates. Right. Okay. All right. Um, so uh, when, when you were playing this as a kid, what was your main objective? In, in were you trying to complete the game or see how far you could get or see how many items you could pick up or oh uh i never i never kind of worried about the score as far as like picking up the treasure it was always just to get through the levels and we actually have this very very old <laughs> this very very old map uh, my grandfather. Hold, yes, hold, on, hold, hold on a second, because what <laughs> I'm going to do briefly here is I'm going to full screen that so we can. Okay. Take a closer look. And... Yeah. And wow. there we go. So this is on like super old computer paper. Uh, my grandfather hand drew all the levels all the rooms where all the treasure and the keys and everything were, were um, and he drew all, all 17 levels of this. Wow. And uh, as you can see, it's not in the greatest shape. And <laughs> looking at the back, this is the first time I've ever looked at it. Uh, it's payroll reports. <laughs> There's like people's names <laughs> with how much they made. And uh, that's pretty funny. It's like the first time I've ever really looked at that. Um. <laughs> you you were talking about laminating that, but, yeah. But I I would also I would also consider just making a digital copy. Yeah, you know, like scanning idea. it in, or or j even just you know putting it on a copier and getting new paper copies. <laughs> yeah, that is fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. That that that's the type of lore that I really like to explore in this this thing um, yeah that was something uh when my grandfather passed away it was very important to me to make sure i had that map uh <laughs> that was that was like a labor of love hold on let me get this reset properly now that i did that there we go um yeah so that that's awesome 
Um, it's it's kind of funny because you know, like when we started dating, she told me she's like, "You're gonna love my grandfather." Like when she realized what a big gamer I was, she's like, "You're gonna love my grandpa when you get a chance to meet him." And uh, that man had one of the biggest game collections I had seen. Honestly, like I used to have, we used to have a very sizable collection before we decided to start parting with it. And why are you crying over there? Because we're talking about grandpa. Her grandfather meant a lot to her. Yeah. He he passed away. Uh, a few years ago, unfortunately. Okay. Um. But uh, no, he uh, he had one of the biggest game collections that I had ever seen. Um, honestly, you know, Scotty, you you guys have you guys never got to see my game collection at its fullest. Um, but we we both have obviously seen Joel's game collection, and it, his his game collection would put Joel's down easily. <laughs> um, and. and not only did he have just a ton of game, like just a, a ton of different games. I mean, he had multiple copies right. of these games, um, you know, and, and I know a point of contention um, within her family was that we're pretty sure some of her grandfather's games uh, were taken by some people that... Uh, that uh, should not have ended up with them. Yeah. So, and 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 that they just they just took them for the idea of selling them. Like yeah. that that was pure. He had he had some pretty valuable stuff, um, and and he got all that because we would go around and he was a, a lot of this was after my grandmother had passed away. We he would go around to yard sales and he just loved going right. and finding lots of video games. Um, you know, a Nintendo with 20 games with it or an Atari with, you know, a handful of games with it. And he would buy all of that stuff. And the system included just to get all the games that he, you know, he was just trying to get all the games that he could. Right. And uh, we ended up with, <laughs> I think at one point we had like 20 Ataris and it was like, okay, we got to get rid of some of these because there's no point. Like keep a few as <laughs> like a backup, but... <laughs> we don't need 20 Atari systems. Um, but he bought it for the games, you know, he he would buy the whole set. Now, that was uh, specific to Atari, or did he do other... Uh, no, it was Atari. At the time, it was Atari Nintendo. Then he started to get into Super Nintendo, a little bit of Genesis. Um, he was super into Pokemon, so then he got into um, just specifically, like, N64 and Game Boy Pokemon had a GameCube as well, but the bulk of it was Atari, Nintendo, Atari and Nintendo. I mean, he probably, th those were the most, and then he had like, not as much for Super Nintendo and beyond. Okay. But um, he had some good, definitely had some good NES games. We know oh, for yeah. a fact he had, he had one of the, Rarer NES games, uh, Mighty, Mighty Final Mighty Fight. Final Fight. He had a copy of that. Yeah. Hmm. That's that's cool, and that, that's what Joel, my brother, has done for quite some time. Like he is, 
<laughs> he made it a regular thing to, you know, two or three times a week, stop by a thrift store. I mean, yard sales, yeah, that's one thing. Um, but you, you almost, in this day and age, almost have to try to, like, come across it and just, you know, watch and see. But I know, like, just he... He would regularly go into thrift stores, Goodwill, uh, you know, uh, uh, World, whatever that is thing. And, there, you know, there's obviously different kinds, but uh, any any type of thrift store to see, you know, and anything that interests him, he, he buys up, especially if it's lower cost. Um, oh, yeah. But A he, lot of times they don't know what they have in the thrift store. You know, they, yeah. they've got like an original Diablo set or not Diablo I'm sorry Warcraft set uh sitting on the shelf we got for three dollars that thing was worth like a (laughs) hundred yeah I I think we I think we threw it up on eBay after getting it there because you know we didn't have any intention of playing that on p like playing that on pc but there were people there was a collector's market for it oh yeah and um that's that's really the thing and and he said he's he's I, he still goes to the thrift stores for that exact function but um he says now they're starting to get wise to what these oh, things yeah. are are worth and you know he can't nearly find the same deals as he used to occasionally he does is you know if somebody doesn't know what it's worth or you know it's not actually worth much of anything but he wants it in his collection so yeah, um, my pseudo stepbrother works at the good, at one of the Goodwills um, in the process, like donation processing, and uh, he straight told me he's like, yeah, if it's if it's video game related, the they're they're told to set it aside and it gets sent to the main hub where they yeah. put it on uh, shopgoodwill.com, yeah. which is an auction site. Well, in Goodwill, um, I don't know how recent this is. They now have two locations. If you go on their website, they now have two locations, at least in North North Ohio, that uh, they sell computers, like any any type of computers that are brought into them have to go through a refurb process where they you know make sure and check it out. It's all good, and then. They, the one that we have here, it's by in uh, Fairview Park, and I went in there, and they've got this whole section cordoned off for all computer-related things, and they had laptops and all sorts of accessories, monitors, and stuff, and that's where I got my latest PC, uh, and for a decent price, too. I think I spent $150 out the door for a Windows 10 tower, and... Um, you know, a monitor, keyboard, mouse, and all that, and and it works. You know, so I'm I was happy with that, and you know, for the purposes that I wanted a secondhand PC, it it was you know the price is right. So, but yeah, I, I can imagine they're spending a lot more time trying to say, hey, is this actually worth something, or are we giving it away because we haven't taken the time to research it? And yeah, now they're they're actually taking the time for that. So, um. Well, we had started started getting into the memories uh, with your grandfather <laughs> there, and it sounds like he was a wonderful person, and and a big part of your gaming experience as a kid. Uh, so we're gonna take a short commercial break here, and then come back for part two. 
of the playthrough, and then we're we're gonna dive much deeper into those memories. So uh, let me get this set up if I can do this properly. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Everything's still broken. I'm still working on shit. So uh, we'll see you back here in a short break. Okay. Welcome back for the second part of the playthrough. Um, so, how old were you when you first remember playing this, or you know, when when you think you were, you know, like this started to become a part of your childhood? I am not exactly sure, but I think that this was around. I want to say fourth or fifth grade um, that that he had started like going out, going to the yard sales and getting games. And then he put together um, in his house, there was like an upstairs uh, kind of like a, it, it was like a it was like an attic, but it was like fully, fully done, you know, and uh, he had put together a big game room in the upstairs for my brother and I and our cousins. Uh, that when we would come over, we would have like video games. We'd go upstairs and play video games. Okay. They weren't allowed to at home. Yeah, I didn't have any at home. I did not grow up with game systems. My mom was like, absolutely not. You're going to go outside and play. Uh, we're not doing that. <laughs> Which is funny because your dad is a River Raid fiend. Well, now that, yeah, now that uh, he's been exposed to it, he loves the Atari game River Raid. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, and that, that um, uh, kind of follows the common trope of your parents don't let you do anything, but the grandparents are there to spoil the fuck out of you, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's what it was. And uh, so, yeah, I want to say it was like fourth, fifth grade where he really started uh, getting a lot of this stuff and we started playing. Uh, so like middle school. Okay. Um, and, uh, if anybody in our chat has any questions for, uh, short and sweet, uh, please go ahead and ask them. We did have a question earlier. What, uh, do you like to dip your fry hair head thing in cage? And the answer, well, the way the question was asked was mustard or, uh, what was it? Uh, ketchup or mayonnaise? And, Both. and the answer is neither you you prefer cheese sauce or mustard and no, and no, not mustard no 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 no, 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 cage cage is allergic to um cinnamon and the concept of eating something that is delicious like cinnamon so i think we're gonna have to make him some kind of like cinnamon pepperoni based okay. sauce that <laughs> if i'm allergic to things that taste delicious such as cinnamon he doesn't like cinnamon <laughs> okay like okay but i said my preferred topping is cheese cheese is delicious so and no one yeah. on this earth will argue with me that cheese is or is not or is not delicious so yeah, but, and, uh, and that's an acceptable yeah. topping for fries, but uh, yeah, no. <laughs> I Although I, I, I will say that, uh, and I, I don't, I don't anymore. I, I did used to actually uh, dip my fries in mayonnaise. 
you know what? Ketchup and mustard together make special sauce. No. Yes. Yeah, yeah no. that's definitely a thing. Ketchup and mayonnaise together is, I, I have distinctly heard that called oh, yeah. fry mix. I, I but I meant um, ketchup <laughs> and now now Heinz is all all like oh we're the mayo we're, the, we're no, the inventors man. of mixing mayo and ketchup and we're gonna call it mayo chup look at us we're all fancy no but uh okay. yeah uh, yeah it, nacho cheese uh, is an acceptable answer for fries obviously but you're you're still a freaking weirdo for not liking cinnamon I mean who the fuck doesn't like cinnamon I don't know. Fair, fair. Um, we did have a question from from uh, the chat. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. yeah, no, we're, we're just discussing chat. illegitimate oh. questions today. So, uh, all right, legitimate oh. question from uh, Poot Scooty. Scooter McScooterson wishes to know, and I'm going to add on to this. Um, wishes to know: Does the, your character in this game have a name? And my addition is: If they don't, or you don't know. What did you call them? Did you give your character like this this special character name, and he just became like your character? Uh, I I don't know if he had a name. I think I'd have to look at the manual. He probably has a name there, uh, but I don't know what it would be. Um, and I I just called him Red. <laughs> like I was not very creative. I was just like he's. He's red, He's and red. the other guy is green, and uh, that's that. Like, <laughs> that's fair. They are, they are uh, kind of Mario and Luigi, huh? Kind of. <laughs> I I feel like red I read something like about it. it at some point in time that there was something about the colors red and green, and it was just those were like some of the best ways to like put contrast into these games because they obviously had very limited color palettes um that they could use with them so uh, i'm trying to find if there's yeah, a yeah i i the, the manual i think we have the manual for the 7800 version which is buried away in a closet right now uh but i would bet that it would be in there because a lot of times, the these older games, they don't put the lore in the game. It's in the booklet. Yeah. That's why I was uh, very happy, even though apparently it's the worst game in the universe, uh, E.T. on Atari. When I did pick that set up, um, the, the guy was kind enough to throw in for free a manual for E.T., and I'm just like, yeah, that's that's worth the entire kit and caboodle, in my opinion, because now as I'm approaching the point where I actually am going to try to attempt to play that game, <clears throat> I want to have that original manual on hand. It might help. <laughs> yeah. It might um, help, but it, I mean, you know, it at least give me the same kind of perspective as somebody who was playing it brand new back in the 80s. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing, and you know a lot of a lot of people now. Uh, let's let's call a spade a spade on that. A lot of gamers now are spoiled because games don't come with instruction manuals. They literally just they literally give you you know that vast opening cutscene that introduces like all the base of everything you need to know. Whereas in 
this time period, you had to, like, if you didn't look at the manual, you didn't know what the F was going on. You know, think about <laughs> Legend of Zelda, right? Legend of Zelda, we've already discussed on this podcast multiple times, and it's one of the most iconic games on the planet. Now, if you let the credit, like the start, uh, the title screen run, it will give you the story. But, you know, back in the day, and now Short Sweet, I know you didn't have games really when you were growing up directly. Uh, Scotty, you may have had. But, like, I remember coming home from KB Toys in the mall where I had just gotten a brand new NES game. And what am I doing while I'm while my mom is driving home? I'm ripping it open and flipping <laughs> through the manual and reading about the story. If you start like a game like Legend of Zelda, poof, you're just there. That's it. And there's no direction, no hand holding, just go. That, you don't that, read about the story, you don't know what's going on. That reminds me of uh, Ben from the Gaming Avengers talking about in uh, Mega Man X about how that was the thing that he really loved about that game was that there is no bullshit uh, uh, cutscenes or excessive story. It just throws you right into the action and boom, you're going. And you have no idea what the fuck is going on. And it's like... <laughs> so so maybe that's... Um, maybe that's uh, part of the uh, enticement for some people is they, they don't want all that complication necessarily. They, they want that as part of the game trying to figure out what it is. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe that's, you know, part of the effort you have to put in there is saying, okay, I don't know what the fuck is going on, but I'm going to figure it out. That's how I'm going to beat this game eventually. See, now that's interesting. Yeah. You, you were shooting that skeleton multiple times and it wasn't doing anything until it just turned into a plus i don't whatever that was <laughs> a shield with a plus on it oh yeah that's a that's an item uh defense item oh okay um, but you can only you can only pick it up once so if you get the shield once you have the shield throughout okay. the game and then same with the weapons like if you get the gun upgrade you have that throughout the game uh, now, and, and, let me oh. ask this before we do anything else, because I, I, it's been bothering me. Obviously, we've got a score on the bottom right corner there. Uh, I don't know what the little letter E stands for. Oh, that's a key. That, oh, that's a key. That's mm -hmm. signifying you have a key in your possession. Yes. And the larger bar is your health bar. What's the little bit to the left of that? Uh, that would be the gun, the the gun, the shield, and then there's a third item. A potion, or no? That, that that's not going to no, show up in your... uh, The gun, the shield, and the sword. The sword. That's it. Okay. Thank you. Yep. So yeah, once you collect all those pieces, you can only get those once. Okay, I so that makes sense. So it's just signifying you have those things in place with the single block. Okay. Yeah. All right. That the only reason I knew that is I was just looking through the manual to try to find the, the <laughs> character's name, and, yeah. and, and I sort of did, I guess. Oh. The manual does describe, uh, does talk about the character, but you are the hero. Oh. And it's hero one and hero two. Hero one. And that hero is the official name. I like red names. and green better. <laughs> well, we're gonna start calling him Mario and Luigi. Now, so. <laughs> That's funny. Hello, hero. How you doing today? Are you ready what? to go dungeon crawling? Yeah, I am. 
Exactly. Or or the fact that the dungeons uh, are labeled A through Z. How many dungeon levels do we want? Well, how many letters of the alphabet are there? Uh, I think 26. Okay, so let's do 26 levels. What are we going to name them? Uh, we might as well use the letters of the alphabet since there's 26 of those, you know. Uh, all right. Um, so uh, are there any specific memories that you can think of? Of It sounds like you and your grandfather had spent you know quite a bit of time together during your childhood on this specific game among others but is there any like specific memories that pop out um well i kind of remember the first time i played this uh so this was with the first atari set that he bought and there were i would say like 10 to 15 games that came with it so mm -hmm. we were just going through kind of me and my brother and just trying each one out and so this one obviously is kind of a longer game and it's it's more involved than say like a pinball game and uh it was like okay so we would we would just keep going like we we saw how long this game was going to be and we we're like okay we set it aside tried some other ones out and then we would just keep coming back to this game and he and i would my brother and i would try to play this game together and <laughs> At the time, uh, so he's three years younger than me, and at the time, he just, he didn't like it, uh, he wasn't great at it, and I really wanted to beat this game, so that's when my grandfather and I decided to start playing this game together, um, and one specific thing that I remember was we had carved out a day, like, this was the day, it was just me and my grandpa, my brother wasn't going over, we were gonna play this game and beat it. Right. And that's when um, I didn't know he was drawing that map. He had gone through and done that on his own. And I came over that day and he had that map and he was like, okay, here's the map, like we're gonna do this. Uh, so that was that was like one of the most cool days. Like it was just me and him because we, we had always, it was always me and my brother at my grandparents' house. So that one was really neat because it was just like me and him playing the game he had the map, um, and I think I think we did that a couple of times because I, I know the first time we weren't very successful uh, because there's a part, and you'll see it here in the playthrough that we got to, and it was kind of like, oh, well, that was disappointing. Uh, <laughs> maybe that was before we had the map. Uh, maybe the second, it, it's fuzzy because it was so long ago, um, but I know there were multiple days that we carved out uh, to play and beat this game. And okay. we did eventually do it uh, on one of those tries once we had the map. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. See, and I thought, you know, that's maybe something I want to do when I go ahead and do a playthrough of Zelda 1, is I want to take screenshots of every single room and create my own map. I know that stuff exists on the internet. You can go find a map for that, you know, pretty easily. Uh, just as I did for Castlevania 2, but it's going to help me make that stick much better in my mind if I'm the one creating the map room by room. Uh, yeah. And where you have to go and what you have to do and in what order and all that good stuff that comes with it. Um, this would drive me nuts. I mean... <laughs> 
And I mean, I got lost in this playthrough because I didn't use, I didn't want to use the map. Yeah. I wanted to see what I could remember. Right. And there were certain elements of this game that I did remember. Um, just parts where it takes you through, if you choose the wrong door, it takes you through this long involved, you know, area. And then you loop back around and you're where you started. Uh, you know, things like that, that I could remember from playing this game. And uh, this here, this right here, uh, remember that specifically. I, I am here at a point where I am stuck because I have full health and I'm trapped in this room and I can't pick up that bag. So, so the game is just like, <laughs> fuck you. You got full health? Okay. How do you like this? Start over. Because you have to start over from here. You can't do anything else. <laughs> so you can't actually pick up the item unless you've got less health. Yeah. That man. And that's, I remember. I, I'm not. I remember. I, I'm not sure that that's. I'm not sure that that's actually like they designed it to be that an annoying. It's just something that happened. There's some really annoying parts of this game. I kind of feel like they purposely <laughs> were trying to trick you. Okay, so that's where you stop, but I'm going to restart the playthrough just so we can okay. have something going here. But that's yeah. that, that's that's funny to me. Uh, but yeah, I, th I, 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 I think they call that uh, soft lock. Soft yeah. locking. Yeah, <laughs> you get to a point where you just cannot continue in advance because of the way the game is designed. And I was thinking about that as I was going through. I was like, I know that that is an element of this game because we got stuck there. I think that is the first attempt that we had. Uh, we got stuck in that room and couldn't do anything and had to start over. So I think we gave up for that day. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, I bet it's coming up. I should probably look at the map. And I didn't do it. Right. <laughs> and that's what happened. It, it's almost as if you want to occasionally take damage on purpose to avoid that. So that when you come across health things, it'll take you back up. But not to the point where... it. it, it <laughs> I'm assuming if you have like just a little bit under 100% health, you can still pick it up and it'll just fill it to the top. Right, right. Yeah, okay. That's that's interesting. So that part so, um, wouldn't bother me, but I the uh yeah, the 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 dungeon crawling aspect of it where you just you either have to form a mental map real fucking quick or write it down. And I I know for a fact that's that's a, a big part of people's childhoods when they were gaming was you know books of uh, codes cheat codes and room codes and all sorts of stuff like that you, you you had a notebook that you wrote all of that stuff down and I'm sure you know people were drawing maps like that you know for everything anything yeah. that it would be useful for. Yeah, short and sweet's good for having notebooks and maps and stuff. Oh yeah. <laughs> why don't you tell her? Why don't you tell everyone about the time that I came home from work one day? She she was. No wait, like, wait, 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 You said you said you tell it, and then you just started telling it. <laughs> well, no, no, I was, I was just I was just setting I was setting it up like because I we were hanging out before I went to work at my apartment. And I went to work, and she decided to stay there, and there was a reason why she decided to stay there. Uh, so I I was playing Animal Crossing for, was it the Wii? Yes. Uh, I was playing Animal Crossing for the Wii, 
And I was trying to get the perfect town because you got like a golden axe or something. You had a perfect town for however many days. And so I decided, you know, I was like, okay, well, how, how do I have to do this? I looked up like the requirements and you have to have a certain number of trees and each block. And it's very like, it's very specific. So I took uh, a sheet of paper and I made a grid and I started like drawing everything <laughs> and gritting it out so I could get this done. And, and he came home and <laughs> I was still there doing it. I'm oh, in. no, 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 no. She's not even doing it justice. I came home. She's sitting in the middle of my living room area, Indian style, on the floor with just papers, <laughs> papers surrounding her, multiple legal pads, hand-drawn maps, notebooks, the actual guidebook for the game. Like, she the only thing that was missing was my laptop that was still sitting in my room. She she was doing it justice, man. You you yeah. really got to be thorough with this stuff, you know. It's, it's very All right, so it sounds like you know that method of of uh, gaming when you were kids, writing down all your cheat codes and room codes and all that good stuff, making maps and all that. You you still do that it's oh, to yeah. this day. <laughs> yeah, I uh, with the with the most recent Animal Crossing, I had started um, keeping track of what I had what I wanted, uh, kind of like writing it, writing things down. And then I found like, there's apps to do that. So you don't have to write it all. <laughs> but yeah, I still do that uh, to this day. Like, you know, I get a new recipe, I put it in the app, I get a new, I get a new piece of furniture, or a different color piece of furniture, and I put it in the app, like right. a catalog. I'm a very like, catalog, I love to make lists. That's like my personality. So yeah, I think I, I think we're very much alike in that regard because I started doing that with, um, like Walking Dead back when I was real into the show. You know, uh, from the beginning I really liked it, but I, I got into it maybe in season two, and then all the way up through maybe like season six, I was actually keeping a spreadsheet of all the characters and when they showed up and when they died and who was left from the beginning, you know, and, uh, and then along the same lines, I made a, I made a timeline for the entire, um, oh, what's that, um, Cage, help me out, what's that scary movie, uh, oh, Paranormal Activity. Okay. I made it, I made a timeline, because, you know, those movies jump around quite a bit, and I made a timeline listing every single event in the Paranormal Activity timeline, except for the last movie, I, I haven't seen that yet, it's on my list, but, um, yeah, stuff like that, so, so I told, trust me, I get it, but we need to, uh, bring ourselves into the 21st century and do what Tuba does and put everything in Excel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's more and more what my Google Drive is looking like anymore, because um, uh, I bought a Chromebook last year. Well, short and sweet bought me a Chromebook last year for my birthday, even though I didn't get it till almost Christmas. Uh, but that wasn't her fault. We were waiting for a deal. Yeah. Um, and now, so like obviously, like when I'm messing around with stuff at work, I'm just I'm using my Google Drive. And I like spreadsheets. I used to have a ton of spreadsheets on my computer. Still do on the potato. But yeah, my my Google Drive is now full of, you know, Google Sheet documents. You're converting yourself into a swan. 
I was. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was more swan-like than than most people realize in that regard. <laughs> I, I was just looking at that today because up, uh, coming up on Arcade uh, here, like I said, we're going to be doing an episode once a month. So October is going to be the horror game genre roundtable. Then in November, as long as scheduling works out, our our game is uh, our uh, guest is going to be Slight of Game. And uh, then in uh, December, our guest is going to be Skyfer. Uh, and I was just talking, I just had a voice chat with Sky earlier this morning. He's 11 hours ahead of us. So uh, like it was 10, 10 a.m. my time, 9 p.m. his time. And uh, we were going over that. And uh, I was looking for the first time at the limitations of Google Drive. Like you get a Google Drive account for free and access to all of that, you know, to be able to do a cloud. And it shows, you know, like certain limitations on file sizes. Like if you do an Excel sheet, it says it can only have a, up to a million cells filled in and, all, you know, something crazy like that. Like who, who, who cares about that, right? But the, the more important thing is that you actually get five terabytes now of space for free. Wow. on Google Drive. So you can, if, unless I read that wrong, five terabytes of space. Maybe you have to get a premium over something. But oh, because I, I have my I have my Google Drive open. I've got fifteen gigabytes available. Yeah, like I, I can buy. One. Oh, did uh, what is it? It's got a limitation for you of what fifteen gigabytes? You said fifteen gigabytes. Yeah, and it's full. It's pretty darn close. I've got 11 gigabytes filled of it. Oh, okay. So it gives you 15 gigabytes for free, and then above that you have to buy premium? Yeah. Okay. It's may not expensive. Then maybe what I was looking at was, like, total, even with premium and that. You can go up to 5 terabytes, and I'm just like, I really have to just take all the shit that I have on my old laptop and my old PC and just put it on Google Drive so i can you know access it wherever i want i mean that's the whole point of that anyway right you know whatever device wherever you are you know and just get with the times because i'm old and wrinkled and i'm just you know so stuck in my word word 2003 ways you know uh yeah so but at least as far as that goes i yeah that's that's an interesting aspect of the gaming at least to me, the psychology behind, well, we were kids in the 80s. We didn't have Google Drive. We didn't have Excel. We didn't have all of these things that modern gamers use to assist them in games. We, we really have to make hand-drawn maps and, <laughs> and write down, you know, books of uh, cheat codes and whatever else. Like, uh, I think it's Mega Man X. Well, all of the Mega Mans, right? They give you, every, every time you complete a stage, they give you a code for that, so that if you want, you can start from that point. You yeah. know, that's that sort of thing. Or, or oh, the Game Genie codes. You remember, you remember the Game yeah. Genie codes? You had that whole notebook full of stuff that, you know, you probably pilchered off of some internet forum. <laughs> that's how you had to get them, you know? Yeah. Uh, or, or, well, I guess back in the day of the game Genie, you wasn't pilfering them off of uh, some internet forum. It was uh, the book, 
and then you could subscribe like you could subscribe or buy like appendices um oh okay from uh galoob galoob was the makers of the game genie the same people who did the micro machines yeah remember that yep uh same company and um like you you got you bought the game genie because I, I i own the game genie for the nes and super nes um and after the super nes they like they went under um but uh you would put those like you would get the books and you could order extra appendices i had one for the game boy as well um after that point uh interact came out with the game shark and introduced the idea of well like with game genie you had to put in the code every single time you turned it on if something happened and your, your system turned off you know like nes's tend to do right you had to re-enter your codes uh game shark uh offered the ability to actually store the code in there mm. and it, it utilized a similar type of uh what do they call it hexamoles like like coding it basically like you were going in and replacing the code of the game that's how it managed to give you infinite lives or right. you know start with the best weapon in the game or whatever like you were actually changing game code right well and now now we use mods for that and whatever else but i mean that, at least for my childhood that was the coolest part of gaming was the rare times that i was able to borrow a game genie from my cousin or whoever had it at the time because of course we weren't going to buy a game genie that that just wasn't going to happen and and i i specifically remember you know the to me the coolness of plugging your cartridge into the game genie to then plug into the console and and then what that represented the ability to you know do everything you wanted in the game without being interfered with by the actual game itself you know <laughs> mm. so we just need a game genie for the atari 2600 so you can go in here and at least name your guy yeah <laughs> <laughs> i uh i believe they're they're probably i got probably, probably is there's yeah some kind of thing that would allow you to alter those hexamoles or whatever um, to do something. Now, I will say, watching this playthrough, because I didn't watch this playthrough um, before I had sent it to you, Scotty. Um, uh, it doesn't look... You know, I don't recall seeing Short and Sweet die at all. So, like, as long as you're vigilant about what you're doing the worst thing you have to worry about is getting soft locked <laughs> well, if your health if your health drops too low you'll die well no i i mean i fi I figured that but it didn't look like you ever got to that point now we didn't start seeing those wizards that right. you talked about either yeah. so um but as opposed to uh legend of zelda where you're probably gonna die twenty three thousand times before you finish that game <laughs> Oh, oh yeah. yeah, she knows that. <laughs> <laughs> That's but she still finished it without the game, sure without the game or shark or genie or whatever. And I'd like to go on record stating that was the first time that she had ever completed that game. 
Well, there you first, go. The first time I completed that game, I did. I couldn't beat it without the freaking game genie. <laughs> you kidding me? <laughs> I had a guide though. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So so when uh, right, and you did that over several streams too. When I do it, I'm gonna blow you out of the water cage because I don't think you're that good of a gamer. Wow. I know. Right? Are, are you challenging me to to play the first Legend of Zelda now it's a too? Race. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, I was just saying because it, it actually know. is on my list, but um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna play through the second quest of Zelda. I've I've beaten the first quest enough times without the game genie um, that I, I want to play through the second quest. I've never beaten the second quest, so. Well, I I don't challenge people that don't like cinnamon. It's no. no. Really? Because I'm pretty sure you directly challenged me to play Dark Souls because I said I wouldn't, wasn't going to do it. Well, that, that, that was just me fucking with your mind. I, you know, don't make any challenges. Yeah, I know, right? I got to play Bioshock now. All right. Yeah, see, you you haven't even donated to the Goad Scotty into playing Bioshock Challenge that's been on my thing this entire stream. And it's just like, well, what are you doing with your life, Cage? Well, you know what? I forgot. Okay, I have fifty thousand points in your chat, he has and you have nothing head. that you want me to spend them on. So I, I know, right? It. I was working on something to to go ahead and get some other channel points. I haven't gotten to it yet. I got too much shit going on right now. Like, um, well, I'll get to that in a second. But um, uh, so first of all, do we have any other outstanding questions? I thought we had at least one there. Yes, uh, yeah. uh, there are actually I have I have two questions. Go ahead. Um, so again, from Pooter McScooterson, um, they're curious how did your how did Grandpa get into video games? Uh, like, did he work with computers? Because uh, it seems like an odd hobby for a Grandpa. Uh, at least well, back then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is, I think, um, especially in that time period, too. Uh, so he, before I was born, he had a TV and radio repair shop uh, that he ran for several years. Um, so that was kind of like a side hobby of his. Uh, and then he started, he actually, before he started buying the video games, he started buying some, like, pretty primitive computers um and then found i think it was a it was a box of like the old school pong games like literally it was just pong and the person it was at a yard sale the person said i think they're broken you can have them if you think you can fix them they're yours uh so he took those home he repaired those and then from there, he he got into he was like, oh, I'll buy an Atari, uh, and that's just kind of how it started, and then it kind of <laughs> grew to what it was. <laughs> but yeah, so he he had that background in like um, in wiring and and repairing old radios and TVs, and then got further in and got into computers and video games, and then that was history. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do now. Mm. I mean, I mm, uh, I really, really have a big desire now to get into that. I want to repair electronics. I want to be able to diagnose what's wrong with it and then fix it and then have it run again, you know? 
Um, and I know, I know things have changed with the electronic uh, technology mm-hmm. in in a lot, you know, since maybe we were kids. But um, yeah, I, I definitely think it's it's feasible, and uh, you just have to have the know-how, and uh, that's what I'd really like to spend my time as a hobby now doing. And, and that's, I, I think that's, you know, the, the key is not just the know-how, is to have the patience to, to learn and the excitement to learn. Like, I'm, I'm going to use for an example, like, um, Ingledoom, uh his son, uh, Ingledude, as we call him, um, he's big into, like, that kind of repair. Like, we have, like, an old iPhone here that um, it houses... It houses a game that is very special to uh, <laughs> Short and Sweet. Because this is like her first, like the first iPhone that we had. Mm-hmm. Um, we've kept it because it has a game on there that you can't actually get anymore. And no, it's not Flappy Bird. Um, <laughs> but like there's a lot of things on here that we just kind of, we kind of kept it around as like an extra iPod uh, type of thing. While the home button finally stopped working. Um, and, uh, Ingledude is very, very in tune with, uh, fixing, like, electronics and stuff. Um, he, he absolutely loves it. It is, like, it, it, it is, like, straight drugs to him, if you'll pardon <laughs> the, like, kind of crude phrasing on there. Like, he absolutely loves doing that kind of stuff. I messaged, uh, I messaged Doom. Um, when we realized the home button was no longer working and you know, she was kind of like, well, just go ahead and get rid of it now. Blah, blah. I'm like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to ask, uh, you know, and, and, uh, doom asked the little one if he thought he could repair a home button on an iPhone four. And he got all excited. It was like, heck yeah, I can do it. Like <laughs> it, it's ready to go type of thing. Now, uh, I heard he has very, uh, very good negotiating skills that he got from his mother and not from Doom himself. So this might cost <laughs> me a little bit more, but um, no, like uh, honestly, you know, Scotty, you, we've obviously watched Rec Tech uh, multiple times and we definitely have a passion for it. And it, even though things have changed from like what you've been messing around with on that, I guarantee. Yeah. Get to that. So. Well, yeah, yeah. It's a learning process. Um, I, because my dad, was uh, an industrial electrician for, I don't know, damn near 35 years. So one of the things when I was a kid was he bought me one of those um, uh, little electronic uh, tester units, you know, where you can make circuits and make the thing light up and sounds and all sorts of stuff like that. So that was a part of my uh, childhood and, and... uh, I like he taught me quite a few of the basics. Now, more recently, I've started getting more heavily into actual electronic theory and what it consists of. Because if I am going to start diagnosing, you know, you bring me a, a PlayStation 4 and say, hey, I, you know, it's red ringed or whatever, uh, I want to be able to diagnose that and fix it and say what's going wrong and then actually, you know, do it right um so that's obviously going to take a lot of time to get through but yeah even more than playing games that stuff appeals to me you know 
there's always going to be uh, a special place in my heart for Super Mario and and you know the games that I did play as a child which ah, shoot I had a um, Magnavox uh, Odyssey one can't remember a damn thing about any of the games <laughs> getting old so yeah um but yeah Lots of good stuff there. All right. Uh, yeah. Any other questions outstanding? Yeah, uh, there there was one question. It's from uh, someone named uh, Legion Cage, uh, and they they wish to know who the fuck short, is that? Uh, some some goober butthead, I'm sure. But they want to know because you did this playthrough for the episode of Arcade, and. The emulator is still magically on your computer. Would we be uh, seeing you play this and complete it on stream in the future? Yeah, I, I do want to sit down and play it again and get to the end. Um, so it is, I would say very likely that I will stream this in the future. <laughs> Cause not gonna lie, like I've been sitting here watching this, you know, and everyone gives Atari, uh, like the twenty six hundred and seventy eight hundred a lot of crap. Um, I love the seventy eight hundred. We got one, um, you know, a few years ago, and as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, this is that was the first like real exposure I had to that. I knew of the twenty six hundred, but not the other ones. Uh, the seventy eight hundred is fantastic, uh, truly. Um, it still didn't have graphics that properly rivaled like the NES, but there were a lot of really good games on there. And for games that you loved from like the Atari 2600 being, a lot of them were re-released on the 7800. Mm -hmm. um, it was really cool to see. And I'm sitting here watching this and honestly, like, you know, I have no sound on my end period because I don't have the, uh, the stream live so I can hear you guys proper and not get an echo. Uh, and not that there's much sound anyways. There's the shooting and picking up of items. I don't know. This, honestly, just watching you play this game has been kind of enthralling. <laughs> you know, it's it's very... I think it's very well done for a 2600 game. Oh, absolutely. You know, especially when you compare it... Like, Scotty, you were talking about Pong. Yeah. Compare this to Pong. There's like no comparison. This is this is insane compared to Pong. I mean, it's almost, yeah, literally almost 3D. You mm -hmm. you not only and and obviously you know some of the stuff that came out after that, like um, Legend of Zelda, and, and that where they started to utilize far more what was what the technology was capable obviously added to that. But this in its own right, I mean, for what for what was given, that that's pretty damn good. Like you've got oh, this is what I was thinking of earlier. Your your movement and your shooting, you've actually got eight different movements and shooting angles depending on how you're moving your joystick. Yeah. So I I'd say that's pretty damn good for what you're actually getting out of the game the ability to have that kind of a movement and yeah you've got maybe some time that you have to spend fine-tuning your gameplay to be able to 
be good at it, but how is that different than in any other game? And and you you have quite a bit of potential with how the gameplay experience goes, where you can go, what you can do, uh, the the types of challenges that you're going to meet in game on your way towards the end. So it's pretty damn decent in that regard, from what I could see. Yeah. And that's the only aspect I think that would deter me from it is is trying to figure out where the fuck to go. <laughs> and that's that's why that's why when I started. Oh, that's why you want me to, to upload the map, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, uh, it, it, yes, if you're gonna get that laminated, but if you do, you know, make digital scans of that, I fully expect you to put that in the conflux. Uh, Will do so that any future person can take a look at that <coughs> me or a cage um i mean maybe once i'm actually in my position you know i can uh, my new position at work i i will have a scanning account i would be scared so I maybe i think maybe the better option would be to take a picture of each page or like maybe even a portion of the page because i would kind of be scared to run that through a scanner it is it is pretty flimsy. Oh no, you uh, yeah, you definitely don't want like something with a feeder. Yeah. But if it's if it's one of those things, oh no, it's, it's, like a, it's like a it's like a photocopier. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Uh, although I was thinking when you were saying that about the laminator, I don't know how well that would do with the heat of the laminator. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, maybe we have to laminate it the old-fashioned way. What the, what's the size of those sheets? Um, pretty big. Like bigger than eight and a half by eleven? Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, oh, that's the old computer. Old computer paper with like the, the yeah. lines. Um. Yeah, I was wondering. Uh, I'd say ten by. You may be able to get some sheet protectors, just basic sheet protectors in that size, but I don't know. We can um, we can digitally scan. Um, I can't speak for. I assume. Android phones have a similar feature, but I've recently discovered that you can scan documents using the notes uh, portion on our iPhones. Um, and it generally works out pretty well, but we need to flatten them first. Yeah, uh, it has been rolled up like this for uh, yeah. <laughs> a very long time. <laughs> so. But yeah, that's that's fabulous. I mean, that that to me is probably worth more than the game itself. I mean, and I, and it has just that little, it's got the little charm at the bottom where I tried to set it on fire. So. Nice. <laughs> like, fuck this map. <laughs> we we had like a candle burning on the table and I just remember like looking down and going, oh no. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> there goes my childhood. Right. <laughs> well, no, this was back then. Oh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> No, that that would still apply. There goes my childhood. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Um so we've actually gone fairly long for uh what these podcasts have been in the past. So in season 1, most of the podcasts that we were doing were anywhere between like say 75 and 90 minutes and we're already 20 minutes above 90, so 110 minutes. Um, 
and and if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast uh first i apologize for the length of the episode we we get to talking and we're just like yeah eh, fuck the time who cares if the people listening have shit to do we you know we're just uh, mm-hmm. gonna discuss everything we want to discuss and who cares um if you are listening to the audio version of the podcast, first of all, thank you so much. I had released just last week uh, a sample of Realms Unknown, uh, The Butterfly Decision. And uh, I had said, you know, if you want to uh, hear the end of it, because I don't know I don't know if you guys have checked out the actual audio version of the podcast, but uh, I did two samples, one for that one and one for The Devil's Gift. And I cut it off in the middle because I'm a sadistic bastard. And I say, well, if you want to hear the end of it, you got to go to the Patreon and subscribe, which it's only the $2 level, you know, per month and and you get access to the full archive. But if you are listening to the audio version, I want to thank you so much for sticking with us into season two. Um, It means a lot. And we're going to try to keep this going for as long as possible. And I do have other things on the horizon for EBC that are going to be podcast related beyond this show. So keep your eyes peeled for that. If you are a fan of Arcade, then uh, you might find some other stuff coming up here in our repertoire that might be of interest to you as well. And uh, as I uh, stated previously, you can just go to our website, ebc2021.com, and check out the schedule there and some of the other things that we have available, the Patreon, the uh, uh, archive, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Thank you, Cage. I appreciate you. And um, that's about it. So um, before we go, I wanted to ask you the one question that has become my favorite question to ask into season two as well. When you... Obviously, this is a game where probably close to the entire game, it's pretty much the same gameplay experience. Like, you're just kind of going through the motions, going through the dungeon, this door, that door, all these creatures, etc. So it probably doesn't apply as much uh, what I had been asking previously in this case, but uh, so I can modify the question a little bit and just say, when you think of this game, or when you start playing this game, is there a memory, and I'm guessing maybe related to your grandfather, that pops immediately into your head and you will remember every single time because it's connected with this game in that way yeah it would it would definitely be that you know that time where the first time we fully beat that game this game and and it just started over and (laughs) and we were just like well we did it (laughs) okay we did it but but yeah i mean it was just a great day uh so just that whole day of just spending with him and playing through this game and finally conquering it because you know it wasn't the first time that we had tried and uh but it was it was the last time (laughs) uh is there anything else from that day in particular do you remember um No, not in, I mean, yeah. I don't know if that's the day that I tried to burn the map or not. Uh, 
but uh, no, I mean, just just kind of spending time with him, you know, just yeah. being there with him. Yeah, I I, I got to imagine that uh, that's going to be a special thing for you for yeah as long as you can remember it. So for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, this is this is this has been an illuminating experience to uh, how dark the chambers were. It's uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of light and dark, and uh, so many chambers, so many keys, and uh, we found our way out. So well, <laughs> mostly. It wasn't even a door lock that prevented us from getting out. It was the stupid health. Bag. It was health. Here, have some health. Oh, and you can't go any further. No health for you. You're we're, we're, too healthy. we're trying to save you from death. Oh, you can't do anything more, you know. That's great. All right. Uh, so thank you all for joining us, uh, and I appreciate everybody that does. Uh, our next episode is going to be, uh, I believe, on... Here, let me... Over six. Yeah, oh, do, boo. Man, Cage is on top of it with the information. It, it almost makes um, up for him not liking cinnamon. I'm, wor I'm working on a raise, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I am so uh appreciative and sympathetic and um oh that you got it I... <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna pull it up on my thing but it takes me a minute to open the browser and all that mess uh, i am so appreciative of your help and i am so generous i am going to give you a 50 percent raise on the spot right now you rock cage you're worth every penny of that extra 50 percent of zero and use so. it to buy more hats yeah. Yeah, I know, Smartsy, right. He doesn't like cinema. What the fucking hell? It's like <laughs> it's like he has decided not to be human or uh, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. He just he just he he I think he pulls shit out of his ass and makes it all up. He's just like, "Oh, no, you know, 100%. you know, I don't think I ever claimed to be a human in the first yeah. place. You all just Dude, that's not my problem. He, he just wakes up. He's like, boy, well, how can I fuck with them today? I know. I'm going to tell him I don't like cinnamon. He, he will eat a Cinnabon, though. Oh, I will totally eat a Cinnabon. <laughs> uh, dude, you got to do it like the, we did as kids and just snort a whole, you know, tablespoon full of cinnamon. <laughs> um, as someone who has snorted enough pixie sticks in his life, I'm going to say no. Well, I guess you're just not going to live vicariously anymore, so that's fine. We can deal with that. <laughs> All right, uh, before we get going, uh, Cage, what do you have coming up on your channel, except for the thing on October 1st, because I'm going to talk about that. Oh, uh, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so uh, in uh, about an hour, we're actually going to do uh, follow-up. Uh, on on my stream um it's gonna be me and short and sweet at least but i have uh, invited everyone else who plays who normally does the fallout fridays with us okay uh stupid kids feisty that's who um <laughs> uh beyond that scotty you said you're gonna talk about the thing on the uh for the first mm -hmm. um 
the night before our next episode of Arcade, uh, I will be joined by Short and Sweet, uh, Witch Whitney, Ingle Doom, Casual Murr, and Tom Berry Surprise, and we will be playing the VHS board game Nightmare uh, live on stream, as long as I can get it to work properly. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see that, because I haven't seen it. I just started reading about it after you guys mentioned it, because I had never heard about it before either. Oh, it's 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 going to be fun, and we're definitely going to play it. Uh, we're I don't know about necessarily on stream, but we're definitely going to play it multiple times. And like the next time we hang out, we're going to we're going to be playing it together with you too, Scotty. So, are um, are you playing with the original VHS tape, or did no, you upgrade? We will be using. We do have. The, it did have. Uh, it did. Uh, the copy of the game we bought was an original copy of the game, and it does have the VHS in there. It is a legit VHS. I'm not sure if it works, honestly, because. My VCR is downstairs, and it's not really buried, but it's not hooked up to anything right. either. Um, and just for the sake of this, it's going to be easier if I just pull the YouTube video version of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're doing that on the 15th. Uh, all next month, I am doing Castlemania. There are eight uh, retro-style Castlevania games that I'm going to be attempting to get through. And uh, and then of course cage match wrestling is still in the works, uh, but that will be coming sooner as opposed to later. Uh, probably won't happen in October just because of building conflicts. But I'm aiming for November, and we're going to get this started, and we're going to get rolling on it real quick. Okay. And uh, short and sweet, what do you have coming up on your channel? Um, other than well, uh, I'll be playing with Cage tonight on his channel. Uh, for the fallout. Um, I have a work conference next week, so I am going to get a stream in probably Tuesday. No, you're not. No, I'm not. You have something else going on on Tuesday involving someone else in this room right now. Yes. The, we we switched our schedule around, remember? Tuesday versus oh, Thursday. Oh, 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 yep, Tuesday. Uh... <laughs> Tuesdays, that's not real track. Okay, I, I'm probably not going to stream next week, honestly. Because uh, we're leaving Thursday night, and you I... get one in on Wednesday. Not prepared. What? You can get one in on Wednesday. I might be able to get one in on Wednesday, but I, I don't know for sure. It just depends um, if you're actually packed and ready to go or not. But, but I will be going back to uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley and Paper Mario. Um... And uh, that's right. You just know. you just started uh, Disney yes. Disney knockoff of Animal Crossing. Disney Animal Crossing, uh, huh. and it's huh. a lot of fun. Huh. And yeah, can you tell us a little bit about that quickly? Uh, so I haven't got too far into the game. Probably about an hour and a half in, but it's it's very similar. Um, it's got more of a storyline throughout it than Animal Crossing, I think. Okay. Uh, but it has those same elements of like. You know, fishing and foraging and collecting and cooking. Um, but yeah, I've, I've just dug in. Um, it's got it's got so far Merlin, Goofy, and Scrooge, and I think you're gonna meet like a whole lot more. Uh, I've been watching some other streamers play it. Um, I know that there's like a world where you go to meet Wally. Um, Ooh. Yeah, so that, I've never seen that wow. movie, so that'll be interesting. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I'm having a really great time with it, um, and I'm only playing it on stream. 
as requested by Cage. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you, I, 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 what are you middle. what are you playing that on? On the Switch. Well, you should take your Switch with you on the work conference and stream from the hotel room. <laughs> stream from the hotel? Yeah. It would be out of a realm of possibility. Uh, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility, but that means we'd have to pack up your laptop, which is humongous. Like, <laughs> she has literally the biggest laptop well, I've I ever seen. Well, I have to seen. take my work laptop, too. So I'd have to take, so you'd two, have to take laptops, two laptops. So you're going to fold out. All right, yeah. And be like, why do you have two laptops for just you? Because I'm taking my laptop. So. Oh, God. <laughs> um, and then we have to take her dock and her capture card and the controller. And... Well, that's more effort, I think, than I'm can't you Can't you stream direct from the Switch? Uh, no, not to my I don't knowledge. think so. Really? Is that only like a PS4, Xbox 360 thing? I think so, yeah. Wow. What the fuck, Nintendo? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. All right. Well, that's uh, that's fine. And uh, well, uh, I wish you uh, safe travels and uh, we'll see you on the other side then. So uh, yeah. if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, uh, again, thank you for sticking with us so long. Over two hours now we've been streaming. So uh, I really appreciate you sticking with us. Um, I didn't realize you were going to leave this part in the audio version of the podcast. I, 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 I did because I'm trying I'm trying to promote you guys, particularly short. Who cares about fucking Cage? But uh, short and sweet, we want to promote on the podcast. So this is, you can check short and sweet out at twitch.tv slash short n sweet 8402. If you would like to uh, check out the Disney knockoff of Animal Crossing and uh, she's going to be playing some Dark Chambers uh, 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 pretty soon on stream and some other stuff. Uh, Paper Mario, she's in the middle of. Check it out. You can go uh, see her on Twitch. And then, of course, my co-host is Legion Cage, twitch.tv slash leg ion cage with a K and a J. Not at all like real cage. So L E G I O N K A J E. Nobody cares about his channel anyway. So just, I mean, you know, all, all you get is trash and fries and bad gameplay and some other stuff there. And you know, so, yeah. Point out I've completed more games on stream than you have. Yes, and you always will because I'm not a gamer. Big fucking accomplishment. Jesus Christ. <laughs> No, I love you, Cage. Thank you. And I appreciate you being my co-host and dealing with my ass this whole time, too. And I'm sure the, the uh, listeners like you better than they like me. That's for sure. So anyway, uh, so that's all it. And of course, my channel is uh, twitch.tv slash EBC 2021. And the website is EBC 2021.com. So thank you for checking all uh, us out here. And uh, we'll see you for the next episode, which will be our uh, October Horror Game Genre Roundtable. On the 16th, Cage says I'm going to take his word for it because he knows at least that better than I do. I don't know what the fuck is going on in my life and my schedule. Who, who cares about that shit? Anyway, thank you. Uh, we'll see you later, and good night. <laughs>